Okay, so we can start talking maybe on to the Tuesday Bible study. We start on seven on the dot, and those who find us, find us ahead. <clears throat> so we're beginning. We can start with the word of prayer at 659. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to read your word, to study it, to understand it. Holy Spirit, we ask for your guidance and your leadership throughout this session. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So if you remember last week, we left from Luke chapter 1, verse 57 to 60. And that's where we're continuing from today. And yeah, I want us to repeat the part where we left off last week. Because we kind of did it in a hurry. And I want us to kind of take our time on that. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 1, verse 57 to 60. And then we're going to get some points that we already shared last week. But repetition is power. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. So... Allow me to read Luke chapter 1, verse 57 to 60. Now Elizabeth's time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by the name of his father Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No. He shall be called John. And if you remember, Haitako, if you remember last week, last week we closed off speaking about how it's important to defend the dream that God gives you. Maybe it's something that God specifically wants you to do in your generation or in your among your peers or in your family. It's important to defend that dream and that goal as it is because only you truly understand the extent to which God has given you that dream. And we see a picture of this in Elizabeth, where she lived in a time where women were predominantly considered as objects. But these people, they come for the naming ceremony to circumcise the child. And as they, they wanted to call the child Zacharias. And Elizabeth was able to stand and say, no, he shall be called John, according to what the angel Gabriel had said. And what we took from this is you have to be bold enough to speak up and to defend your dream. I'm just going to read the things we wrote last week. Right, and the vision God has given you. Let God define your life and your dream and your purpose, and don't let people tell you what it is. Only you know the entirety of what God has called you to do. Right, and I love how we can also take a point that had Elizabeth not spoken up, they were going to name this child John. They were going to name his child John because we also have to bear in mind that the father, at this particular point in time, he was unable to speak. So had she not spoken up and said, no, actually, that is not supposed to be the child's name. He would have been called Zacharias and it would have frustrated the divine purpose and what God was trying to do. So this is a call for us as individuals to guard and to protect the vision that God has given us. God has given us so many different visions. And each and every, like like I always say, each and every one of us, we have a part that we are playing in the grand scheme of God's plans. You have a part that you are playing. But to be able to fulfill that part, you have to know it. Some people don't even know the part in the first place. You have to know that part in, able, in order to be able to fulfill it. And you have to guard that particular dream. Okay. Electricity just did the need for, but we continue nonetheless. Okay. So what I want us to get is if you don't guard or protect the vision that God gave you, people will alter it and turn it into something that it's not. I love the story that evangelist Bonke shares. Evangelist Bonke shares a story about how if you, I don't know if you guys know who Evangelist Bonke is, a very powerful and a very popular evangelist in Africa, worldwide actually. 
So he all he shares the story about how at one time he wanted to do a crusade somewhere. And this lady actually came and invited him to her house and he was like, you know what? Please come to my house and do the crusade. Please come to my house and I want to give you something. And he offered him some money. And he said the minute he was in there, the Holy Spirit literally told him, No, don't accept this money. Don't accept this money. I will fund this dream. Because this person, maybe the money was going to come with sort of conditions and all of so and all sorts of things. So that's what we see from this. I love that story, right? So I want us to read verse 61. Verse 61, verse 61. Let me just tell someone to bring me a light. Bring light. Okay. Okay, no problem. So now let's read verse 61 because I want it to be a bit bright in here. It's a bit dark. Okay, verse 61. But they say to her, there is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. I love this verse in particular because we get into now the space where these people are trying to name John Zacharias. And Elizabeth speaks up and he says, no, that is not what the angel said. The angel said, this child is supposed to be called John. And then now the relatives, they come and they, they bring up this point. They're like, why are you naming this child John? There's no one among your relatives called John. Why are you giving your child that name, right? And I love how this also points out to us as individuals that sometimes God separates you from your family, from your culture, from the things you're used to, right? In an attempt to bring you to the place where you become the person you're meant to be. So many times we're confined by society and by family. What did my family do? My family is a family of engineers. My family is a family of accountants. And sometimes you get enslaved in that mindset that you have to follow that particular pattern. But I love how verse 61 literally tells us that. They say to it, there is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. Sometimes it's very possible that God will call you to do something that no one among your relatives has been able to do. And you have to stand boldly and you have to be the person who stands. And sometimes you even have to be the first, but you have to be bold enough to stand and to do what God has called you to do. So what I wrote in my notes is sometimes God separates you from the norm, from the norm, culture, family or actions that you're used to in order for him to take you to where you are meant to be and make you who you're meant to be. Right. Another point I want us to note is you cannot truly step into your calling and you also cannot step into who God has called you to be if thank you if you follow certain generational certain generational patterns okay we have a light what i love about the calling that the calling of John the Baptist is he was from a family of priests but God wanted him to to be more or less like a priest but a special kind, a unique kind, and a, a kind that was never seen before. So he's getting into this environment where he has a very unique calling. And he gets into an environment where people already want to name him. He's getting into an environment where certain expectations are set for him. But God wants to make him something different. And God wants to draw him out of his family. If you look throughout the Bible, if you ever notice that more often than not, all the people that God used to do very distinct things, God had to pull them out of their families. You can give an example of Abraham, right? God literally told him, get out of your family, out of your kindred, out of the people you know, and go to a place where I'll show you. 
right? We also see the example of Joseph. For Joseph to be able to fulfill his dream, God had to take him out of his family, out of his comfort zone, through a very difficult way, like we learned when we were doing the study of the life of Joseph. But still, he took him out. So, so many times we want to conform. You know, I'm I'm very against conforming. So many times we want to conform because you want to do what everyone else has done. But sometimes God is trying to use you to do something unique. Sometimes God is trying to use you to be some to do something different. And it calls for boldness on your part to stand and to be a person who is doing something different. I love what I wrote here. It says, you cannot embrace the thing that God wants to do while holding on to traditions that keep you bound. Certain traditions keep you bound. And you have to be a person who is willing to break the mold sometimes. You have to be a person who is willing to do whatever it is that God wants you to do. Even if it means you're going to step out of the norm that is expected, be it in your family, be it in your society, be it in your surrounding, you have to be a person who's willing to break the mold and step out of it. So now we're going to read verse 62 to 66, and we're going to focus on verse 80. And we're going to skip to verse 80. So verse 62 to 66. So they made signs to his father. What would have what would have him called what he would have him called? Verse 63, and he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled, and immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed, and he spoke praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them. All these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea, and all those who heard them kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of a child would this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. So we now see Zacharias is getting his ability to speak back after he confirms, after he confirms that John's name is supposed to be John indeed. Pastor Annie wrote something. I'm reminded of Isaiah where God says I'm doing a new thing. Yes. This is God in the book of Isaiah, God says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? Sometimes you have to perceive the new thing before it is done. You have to be able to perceive it. So what I want us to dwell on is verse 80. We're going to skip because after this, Zechariah is now talking, 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 and we're just going to skip past that. We're going to go to Luke chapter 1, verse 80. Right. Where it's now basically talking about John the Baptist growing up and becoming an adult. So verse 80. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. I want us to focus on the first part that says so the child grew and became strong in spirit i love how we're seeing the growth of john the baptist now he's born and he's already in his family and he's doing so many things and the bible is specifying to us that not only did john grow physically he said he grew another version said, says he was strong in spirit he became strong in spirit and that's the part i want us to dwell on for now that not only did John grow physically, he became strong in spirit. And I want us to mirror this to ourselves at this particular moment. Like a lot of us, we, we are growing physically, we're growing. Everyone is growing physically, everyone is growing. You were a certain height, now you're a certain height. You're thin, now you're fat. So many things. But there is physical growth. We can both admit to that. We can all admit to that. But where is the corresponding spiritual growth? This verse is telling us that not only did John the Baptist grow physically, but he grew spiritually. 
his spiritual growth was was telling or sort of like chasing after his physical growth and he grew both in spirit and he grew both physically as well and this is our question this is my question to you guys or to everyone who's watching today or to us all as individuals yes you're growing physically but have you ever stopped to assess your spiritual growth you're growing physically you're growing emotionally so many so much growth is going on but have you ever taken time to assess your spiritual growth are you growing both physically and in spirit because so many times we have to understand that sometimes in the christian walk god has made so many things available to us he has made so many things available but certain things are available to people that have grown spiritually if spiritually you are still a baby and there are certain things that cannot be entrusted to you there are certain responsibilities there are certain levels that you cannot access because you you are not putting yourself in a position where you grow spiritually and your spiritual growth is your responsibility or so many times we love to push that responsibility to the pastor or to the next person your spiritual growth is your responsibility as an individual you have to be serious about your spiritual growth if you're not spiritual serious about your spiritual growth you can get to become an old person and still be on that same level that same level of prayer that same level of fasting that same level where, where even you read the bible and it doesn't make sense to you that same level where there is zero spiritual growth because your spiritual growth it, it, it's your responsibility as an individual right the book of galatians 4 verse 1 tells us that as long as an heir is under age he is no different from a slave although he owns the whole estate we are heirs we know we are joint heirs in Christ the word of god tells us that specifically that we are joint heirs in with Christ right but this verse is telling us that as long as an heir is under age we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ but as long as we are under age and we have not grown spiritually like what John the Baptist is say is being said to have done as long as we are under age and we don't grow spiritually the bible says you are no different from a slave although you own the entire estate although god has given you so much and so much is at your disposal until you grow spiritually you are no different from a slave in this christian walk you will struggle for things that are rightfully yours why because you have not grown and you have not matured spiritually for god to entrust you with certain things that's the very unfortunate truth because sometimes we love to sort of step into the Christian walk with a very airy fairy mentality where we think I know what, I'm just going to walk in and everything is mine I'm going to walk in and end it I will receive it I receive it and that that's not true the truth is unless you grow spiritually and unless you mature there are certain things you will never access in God there are certain things you will not even have access to there are certain things that you can hear the same teaching but because the other person has grown spiritually they can tap into it more and it they can apply it to their lives better why because the, the other person has has grown spiritually and they can understand and decipher the things of the spirit better so your spiritual growth is your responsibility it's not anyone's responsibility right the book of galatians is telling us that as long as an age under age as long as you are not you have not matured spiritually you are no different from a slave even though you own the whole estate is even pointing out that yes god has given us it has entrusted us with so much but unless you develop yourself as an individual to the place where your spiritual growth is evident you will always be deprived of certain things 
And God put so much at our disposal. It's important to know that. I love that verse that talks about God has given us everything pertaining to life, life and godliness. It's true. God has given us everything. But unless you mature spiritually, you will not have access to certain things. Someone could be hearing this and asking, fine, how then do I pursue spiritual growth as an individual? I want to grow spiritually, like we're reading about John the Baptist, that he grew strong physically and he also grew in spirit. How then do you grow spiritually? You go spiritually by reading the word. You go you go spiritually by devoting time to prayer, right? Let's read this verse in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, which reads, Like newborn babies, crave the pure spiritual milk of the word so that you may grow thereby. The Apostle Peter is telling us that like new babies, like your babies crave milk, right? He's likening the word of God to milk. That is how you grow. If you're a spiritual baby, if you're a spiritual infant, that is how you grow. You grow by virtue of the milk of the word, by putting yourself in the word, by trying to understand the word, by reading the word. If it means you have a verse you're fascinated with, right? You can even go as far as watching teachings to sort of seek to understand certain things better, to sort of seek to understand the word of God better, you see? So seek spiritual growth, crave the word, seek to understand the word, learn to pray, converse with God, fast, seek God. Like I always say, build your own personal relationship with him and learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I love that verse in the Bible that talks about how the Holy Spirit is given to them that are obedient. There is a certain level in our Christian work that we can never access until we learn, one, to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? And two, to obey it. So that's something you practice by yourself. You practice to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You learn so you can separate those two voices in your head. Because sometimes I know sometimes the thing is, sometimes you, you, you genuinely want to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, but you can't separate the, the thoughts in your head. Is this my thought or is this the thought of the Holy Spirit? <clears throat> but it comes through meditation and through practice. The more you converse and you speak with the Holy Spirit, sometimes we expect, we think, because <laughs> if you want to speak to the Holy Spirit, you have to speak like profound things. Sometimes it can be the silliest things about your day. I was listening to this pastor who was talking about the first time he heard, he audibly heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. He said the Holy Spirit, he said he was playing basketball and he had just eaten something and he had the litter in his hand and he threw it on the ground. And that was the first time he heard the, the voice of the Holy Spirit audibly. The Holy Spirit told him, pick that up and put it in a bin. So sometimes we, we, we expect that sometimes when we communicate with the Holy Spirit, he's going to speak and say, ah, oh, child, read the Bible. It's, sometimes it's simple things. And that's how you practice to learn to speak and to understand and to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit by just communicating with him. Simple conversations. Today this happened. I was actually very pissed when, pissed when this happened. Why did this person do this? Simple conversations. And the more you practice in that and the more you exercise yourself in that, you see that as time goes on, even as the more you meditate on the word, as time goes on, you, you can distinguish, but this is my voice and this is the voice of the Holy Spirit. You become better and better at distinguishing it. So seek and pursue spiritual growth. Don't limit yourself to be a slave like that book or like that verse in the book of Galatians was telling us. That uh, as long as an A is underage, you, 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 you are, you are not, you're not different from a slave because you have not grown spiritually, right? 
And sometimes that's why we see in the Christian walk sometimes they can be two people. We can call two people here right now. And we can ask two people to pray for the same thing, right? We ask two people to pray for the same thing. And one person, it will come to pass and one person it won't. Why do you think it happens like that? It happens like that because one person has developed themselves spiritually. They've grown spiritually. And I love something that Apostle Aram Nosai said. He said, you have to understand that when you pray to God, you are praying and the next person is praying. You pray with your stature in the spirit. You pray with, with the way do you know. What way do you know? You don't read the Bible. So <laughs> you're praying with what right? Okay? He's saying you pray with your stature. You pray with your consecration. You pray with your spiritual growth. You pray with your with your stature. So th- those things, they add up. The spiritual growth, it matters. Because ultimately it's going to alter uh, sometimes the responses you get when you pray. So if someone just prays for something for three seconds, and God literally hears. Why? Because the person who has built a continuous relationship with God, and God is is like a friend. Someone said God doesn't have favorites. God has intimates. And it's so understandable, and it's such an, something that makes sense. Because you can give you an example of me, right? Suppose there's someone I talk to every single day, and this person comes and says, can I have 100 rand? And there's someone who talks to me once a year and they come and say, can I have 100 rand? Who do you think is, I, I'm likely to give 100 rand? The person I'm more intimate with because they've built a relationship. So likewise, sometimes we get bitter and we get sold. Why does this person pray for three minutes and God literally moves and does insane things? And why do I have to pray and fast for 40 days and 40 nights and still nothing happens? Because you pray with your stature and you have not developed yourself as an individual and you have not waxed strong and you have not grown strong in spirit. So that will ultimately affect your prayers. That will ultimately affect how you relate with God. So seek spiritual growth, guys. Pursue spiritual growth. That's the unfortunate thing. And as much as we are in the new covenant and it is finished and all of that, yes, but never negate the role you have to play. You have a role to play. And as long as you negate that role that you have to play, you have to see God. You have to learn how to pray. You have to learn how to fast. You have to learn how to speak the word. You have to learn how to speak the word in a way that it works for you. You have to learn how to apply the word. And unless you learn those things, you will continuously find that this walk is not fulfilling to you. You see, you'll be that person that you you can get sick at literally on a whim. Why? Because you have no spiritual growth to even resist, even when you feel a a slight sickness coming through. I can give an example of myself. Like a couple of days ago at work, I was exposed to something. I went to work without a mask and I literally felt sick, but I refused to say it with my mouth. I was like, I'm not even going to say this, but I felt sick and I felt overwhelmed. And then I was talking to my sister, so I was like, ah, oh, this feels like COVID. I was like, <laughs> I was like, nah, this, I mean, I'm not even going to say it's COVID, my friend. I'm not even going to say it. And I remember like the, the, the night that I got home, I was so, I, was, I wasn't feeling okay. And I remember continually telling myself the word, by his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. I even woke up in the dead of the night. I, I woke up like uh, around midnight. And that's that I was like, I need to find that verse. I need to find that verse so I can speak it. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. Because I was feeling very sick. 
I spoke to that person. I was like, no, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be fine in the morning. And just like that, in the morning, I woke up and I was perfectly fine. And I was actually laughing at myself. When I slept, I could barely breathe. But when I woke up now, I'm in a better position. So these things, they come as you exercise them. Spiritual growth does not happen by accident. You don't just wake up and ta-da, you're a person who can pray and you can say, be healed. And a person is healed. It doesn't happen overnight. When you pray, you pray with your stature. And that stature is, is built. No one is going to build it for you. You have to build your stature as an individual. You have to build your stature yourself via reading the word. Because the word is not going to miraculously enter your body. You have to read it so you can understand it. And when you understand it, now you get to a place where you can apply it. Pastor Annie said, I'm reminded of Jesus' prayer for Lazarus. So short and effective. And my pastor always says something very fascinating. He always says, oftentimes people disqualify long prayers because they, they, they take that prayer of Jesus when he just said, Lazarus, come forth. And he always says, the, the reason Jesus, Jesus was able to say, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus was able to come forth, was because if you read the Bible, so many times Jesus goes up to a solitary place to pray for hours. So now, because of the stature he has built in the solitary place, he can come out and say, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth, and someone rises from the dead. Why? Because he has built his stature in the solitary place where he prays for, prays for prolonged hours and he spends time with God and he communicates with God. Now when he comes out, he doesn't have to pray three hours because, you know, these things have to happen quickly. But then he has already built his stature. So likewise, you build your own stature and you work strong in spirit and physically. Let's stop this thing of just being people that grow. Yes, you're growing emotionally. Congratulations. Yes, you're growing physically. What a wow. But then what about your spiritual growth? What about your spiritual growth? What about your spiritual growth? Because the unfortunate thing is your life is not going to end with you. Sometimes you're going to get into a situation where the people you love are actually very sick. And because you have zero spiritual stamina and zero spiritual growth, you, you can't do much to help them. And you are limited. Why? Because you yourself, you, aren't, you, you have not grown as an individual, right? Okay, that's what I wrote you. Two people can make the same prayer. And you'll be surprised that one is answered. When we pray, we pray with our spiritual growth, our consecration, and our statue. Yes. Okay, does anyone have a comment? I want us to start from next week. We're going to skip from Luke. We're going to go to John chapter 1 verse 6. Because we're just sort of taking different parts of the ministry of John. We're going to the verses where it's more explained in detail. So if anyone has a comment or something to add, feel free to add so I can read. Because for the most part, I think for today we're done. But what I want us today, what I want us to take from the session today is don't just be a person who's going physically. Grow spiritually. Desire spiritual growth. I love that verse that talks about promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. I love normal. If you ever notice that normally when people paraphrase or when people share that verse, they cut it. The actual verse is promotion doesn't come from the east or the west, but God is the judge. And more often than not, we want spiritual promotion. Everyone wants to get to that level in the spirit where they just say something and it happens, right? It says, but God is the judge. He judges what? He weighs. He weighs your stature in the spirit. He weighs. He weighs. 
And from there, you see how it goes. So that's what I want to encourage you guys. is Seek your spiritual growth. Desire spiritual growth for yourself as an individual. No one is going to do the work for you. Yes, we are in the... We're in the new covenant and it is finished. For sure, it is finished. It is finished, but you have a part to play. You have a part to play. This verse that we're reading about in Galatians, the one that talks about as long as in age, under age, he's no different from a slave. It's in the New Testament. <laughs> Where it is finished, but Paul is telling the Galatians that as long as you don't pursue spiritual growth, you're no different from a slave and you will not partake the things that God has set for you in the new covenant. Where it is finished, but still spiritual growth is required of us. Okay, Pastor Annie is saying something. Saying, she's saying private prayer versus public display of power. Yes, it's true. It's true. It's true. We all want public display of power. We all, Everyone wants public display of power, but very few people are, are willing to now engage themselves in private prayer and engage with God in private prayer. No, we, we all just want the public display of power. Everyone wants to just point at people and people start rolling on the floor, but very few people want to put in the work behind the scenes and to be an intimate with God. Like I was telling you that Apostle Aram said, God doesn't have favorites. He has intimates. And whether you become that intimate, it's up to you. It says everyone is a believer. But if you push spiritually and you advance your stature, you become a disciple. If you push from the disciple level and you advance your stature, you become a friend. And an intimate of God. <clears throat> like we're seeing in the example of Abraham. Where God wanted to hide that. He wanted to destroy Solomon and Gomorrah. If you read that verse. He says. Shall I hide this thing from Abraham? But then he said no. Why? Because Abraham had built such a stature. That God wanted to do something. In the place he was. And God was like. I can't not tell him. And that is the place you get to. When you build your stature spiritually. So thank you to everyone for joining today. Uh, if you're watching this podcast and you've 